Hello and welcome to today's BA Room podcast. My name is Mike. I'm Debbie. I'm Jonathan. And today we're going to talk about the racy technique, uh, which is a, a much misunderstood technique and something that Jonathan knows loads about. So share us share us some of your wisdom, Jonathan. So, so thank, thanks thanks for that, Mike. Um, <laughs> so uh, in our pre-podcast prep, I, I've been getting ribbed for being the racy geek, the racy anorak. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for that. I've also been told I can't talk too much about racy because I'm a bit too passionate. I need to just go write a blog. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for really geeing me up today, guys. I'm looking forward to today's pod. Um, racy is the most undervalued business technique, let alone a business change technique, in my view. It's the cause of frustration. It's the cause of uh, misunderstanding. Um, in businesses when they don't understand the direction of travel we've got uh, people trying to make decisions that are not the decision maker you've got people being consulted that should just be informed um, I'm like I don't know I'm in a bit of a wallpaper of this technique I think it's the most undervalued technique in business let alone business change and if um, if we understood who's accountable for things and those people took accountability and delegated that accountability, uh, we, might, we might have better and more efficient businesses than what we've got today. Um, I, I don't know, I, I, I might be on a, I'm on a lone footing here, obviously, given, given the stick you guys have been giving me in the, in the pre-pod warm-up. But, but in terms of business change, what's the cause of failure in, in a business change? People aren't getting what they want. Then maybe they're not being consulted properly. Maybe they're not informed. Maybe the accountables not um, making it clear what the direction of travel is. Um, this is this is a one of the most important tools in the BA toolkit. And I'll, I'll kind of I'll, I'll stop chatting now because I've been told I can only limit myself to. Yeah, I think I think you need to stop now, Jonathan. Actually, I think that's very sensible. <laughs> No, I mean, I sort of agree with you. I do agree with you because I think there are too many situations where that A for accountable doesn't exist. So you get deliverables, you get processes, you get tasks, you get all sorts of things, and there's nobody taking on that A. Mm. And then sometimes you get the opposite where you get a number of people who are accountable. And I'm doing finger quotes deliberately because actually when you've got loads of people accountable, Nobody's accountable. So, yes. so I really like Racy as well. Um, whether I'd say it'll transform business and save the world, not quite so sure. What do you reckon, Mike? What do you think? Mm, I, I'm not sure about saving the world, but we'll, we'll have a go. Um, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a really, uh, it's an important sort of addition to our, our stakeholder um, management piece because um, we spend a lot of time within business analysis actually identifying our stakeholders and we, we do our power interest grid and sort of say um, what they're going to do and, and, and what sort of interest they've got. And we, we have loads of activities, but if we don't, if we don't clearly know who's going to be doing them, who's actually responsible for them, it, it does make things very difficult. I've, I've experienced quite a few projects where um, it's not been clear who's actually responsible um, and, and accountable for stuff. So, um, it's made it rather difficult actually doing the job and then getting it signed off at the end because how do you know who are you actually getting the approval from who is the person who's got the final say and as you say that there is a uh, you, you've you've got two problems there either you haven't got anybody who's being accountable so nobody's name is in the frame at all so where does it end or you've got multiple people who think they're accountable but actually 
and, and, and the worst situation is if they've got a different a difference of opinion, then how on earth can you ever yep. resolve that if you've got uh, two people that, that uh, are in conflict there? So it is it is challenging. I think the race is a really useful technique. But as um, as Jonathan says, it's sort of an underused and possibly undervalued tool. And that, that kind of that logjam of two people <clears throat> who think they're an A clashing and they're not being someone that can control and pull the pull the threads together and, and say, well, this is the direction. This, this is one of the causes of frustration that it, you know, with customers, if you talk about customer experience and why the customer experiences go wrong, it's different departments passing the buck. They're not, they're not accountable for the customer journey. They're accountable for their little bit of the customer journey. And then, oh, sorry, can you rephone our call center and call this particular division because I can't deal with your query? There's no one accountable for the overall customer journey. And um, I, just, I just want to throw this in, um, given my racy geekiness rasky the the and if race is the the technique that could save business and save your customer journey then we throw rasky in s so let's that we should cover it accountable is is yes no responsible to the doer in in racy the c is consult and i is informed i just want to get out there i need to get it off my chest and the reason why i'm saying it's because the s in rasky is an abomination it's support and <laughs> And um, I, I'm, I need, this is another blog. I know you're going to tell me just go write a blog, but the S support. Are you going to do the job? Are you going to not do the job? And it causes confusion. And it's it's a I don't know. It's a technique that should be put in the bin and never used by anyone ever. Um, and and we need we need to kind of I don't know. We need to, we need to stop this rascal. Uh, is is a rascal of a technique, I swear. <laughs> So welcome to the BA rant, and it's interesting though because I actually think the R is quite interesting as well. You see, because that is the person who is actually responsible for getting the job done. They're not accountable for the outcome, or accountable, as you say, to the customer, but they are responsible for doing the work. And I'm not sure sometimes that that's very clear either, it, you know, without having done a, a racy. Yeah. God, I nearly said rasky then for a minute. And oh, 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 just going to wind me up there. I know. But um, so, yes, it, it, it is really an interesting one because when you start digging inside racing, when you start using it, you do see all sorts of things crawl out. And, you know, recently I was thinking about business change managers because mm. obviously... I don't have a life and these things just strike me as interesting things to think about. And I was thinking about one of my favourite subjects, role clarity. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know. Jonathan's the geek. I'm not quite sure what that makes me. But well, I was thinking, I've seen lists and lists and lists of things, roles like business change managers or, or business analysts or whoever are responsible for. Mm. But I'm not actually sure what that responsibility means. Does yeah. it mean they're going to do the work? Does it mean they're accountable? Does it mean they're supporting somebody? Sorry, yeah. Jonathan. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think the beauty about Racy is it makes it crystal clear. Yeah. And um, I like that. And, I, and the other thing I really like about it, and, and I've got a long list, obviously, <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> so wake up, wake up, everyone. How, how many granddads have you got? It, it, it empowers. So, in a team, if you're accountable for something, 
and and you're genuinely accountable you have yes no authority you're empowered and this is uh for me if if you're going to ask me to do something and you Mm -hmm. empower me to do it you make me accountable i'll then have entire control and and when i'm doing something i want it to to be good and therefore i'm i'm just i'm the decision maker so so that level of empowerment can be really motivating and and one of the and I, i try not to sway the subject too much but in, in an agile team, I think race is really, really, really needed. Mm. If they're a self-organizing team, they should be able to sit down and say, who's doing what? Given our, our respective roles and given what we're trying to achieve. And if we agree it, we can obviously update it if we need to, because we're, we're going to listen, learn, continuous improvement. But it, it's just so useful that we know who is accountable for I don't know, backlog refinement or writing acceptance criteria. And, and it's just really basic stuff like that to just help a team do work quicker than it would otherwise do. Um, I don't know. I need to stop talking, obviously. <laughs> You've just seen this to silence. Wondering, Mike, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yes, yeah, shocked and stunned, shocked and stunned. I, I don't think I've ever seen Jonathan quite so passionate about anything. So um, it, it, it's interesting. And one of the things that uh, occurred to me as we were sort of talking through that is, is actually the impact of not doing a, a racy or dare I say it, rasky beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and the, the big risk, and I've, I've seen this occur a number of times, is that... Um, it's fine where the project goes goes well, you can kind of get away with it. If the project doesn't go so well, then it becomes the project or the, the IT department's um, problem. They're the ones who failed because they're the ones who are seen as accountable by default because nobody else has taken, default, uh, taken that sort of um, accountability for it. Um, and, you, and you think as well, um, if we don't have the right people involved and, and accountable and sort of standing behind it, our projects are, are going to struggle because we're not doing the projects for the glory of the IT department or the change department. We're mm. doing it to make the business better. And right. that the person who's um, benefit, benefiting from that really needs to take some sort of ownership and, and be involved yeah. in it because otherwise it's, it's so unlikely to be successful. So actually doing the racy and having that conversation can can build those relationships and get the project off on a good footing um, so that we perhaps avoid the the project failure and the the finger pointing and blame game at the end of it. Yeah, Mm. I think that's that's exactly right because I don't know about you, but I've been in situations so many times where there's something that's gone wrong and what you want is it fixed, yeah? Mm. And Mm. what you get is the reason why it's gone wrong. Okay, and the fact that it's somebody else's fault. Mm, And somebody said to me a few years ago about a situation they'd been in and they'd said to an internal department, can you stop making your problem my problem and sort it out? Mm. And I thought, yes, I, I can. I get that. And unfortunately, when you work in IT and change, if there's nobody actually accountable for outcomes or accountable for certain tasks or whatever, it's very easy to pass the reason for an issue over, but that doesn't address it, does it? You know, I mean, and at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but if there's a problem, I just want it sorted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Without a race, you just pass the problem around the departments and, and you, you, if you're trying to influence, you know, positive change, it might think about uh, the positive outcomes of change and, and you're moving a problem between one department and another. Who's accountable for that? And, and it's just a, it's just a gap um, that, that racy shines a light on. 
The other thing I'm going to say about racy as well, the misuse of racy, not that I've got a list, obviously. Um, <laughs> but but the, I've seen racy misused in terms of, um, let's let's imagine there's anoraks like myself, possibly, um, that have or not. every specific line item of a deliverable and loads of templates in a chain yeah. framework, for example. And you look at the racy and you've got 200 lines on the racy. Yeah. As a result, no one can read it. It's not clear who's doing what, and it doesn't provide clarity and it doesn't provide empowerment as well. It's kind of like a box checking, cover your back kind of exercise. And and those types of races are not the ones that I'm a fan of. They're 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 not they're not meeting my quality criteria. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've seen I've seen another issue as well. I quite like things to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Consistency is one of my favorite words. And you've seen races where there are deliverables and activities mixed mm. in together. And the risk of that is somebody's accountable for the activity, but not accountable for the delivery of the deliverable. And mm. so you, you get sort of a muddle and you get muddled thinking then. Yeah. So it's got to be clear and it's got to be consistent. Otherwise it's not usable. And if it's not usable, it can't shine that light you're talking about, Jonathan. I'm thinking of uh, muddled thinking being the opposite to, uh, I don't know, one of the other positive thinking approaches there. We do a blog there around the, the advent of muddled thinking in business and business change. Yeah. There's a lot of it. Um, and and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a, I don't know, I'm going to quote Deming now, a disease. I don't know if this is a disease of modern business, this lack of lack of clarity lack of accountability lack of ownership um and muddled thinking debbie it's it's a it's a and for the business analysts this is um trying to wade your way through fog trying to get but, decisions but it's really important isn't it because as mike said we're dealing with stakeholders and those stakeholders mm. are going to have change sometimes done to them or they're going to be influential in the change and i was thinking mike when you were talking about the power interest grid obviously you get people when you look at the power interest grid who are having change done to them mm. but they've got to be kept informed haven't they so this is where that sort of eye category Mm. And, and probably consulted as well, um, because yeah. actually you, you, yeah. you want to, you don't, I don't like to do a, a project and just uh, tell people this is what's happening to you, because actually there may be things that I've not thought of that actually they can tell me and, and we could yeah. do, we could actually do things to them a bit better. That doesn't sound quite right, does it? But, it, but, but by collaborating, we achieve a better outcome rather yeah. than telling people, this is what we're going to do. I mean, you, you could tell them that that's, this is how we're planning to do it. And if that's fine, great. But actually you, you get good ideas from engaging with people properly and, and working with them. So, so that consulting and, and informing is, is, is important. Mm. And here's a question for the two of you. Which favourite phrase of Debbie has Mike just alluded to <laughs> when we're talking about collaborating with people to get <laughs> outcomes? Mm. Is this a thinking approach by any chance, Debbie? Could, that, could it be a, a double C? It could be it the double C, be. part it, of the thinking approach. Is it, is it that uh, a business can deliver value? Is that what it is? Is that what you're thinking? Because I know I'm, you're I'm thinking, I'm thinking two Cs. I'm thinking uh, the Mediterranean and the Red Sea. 
it's, it's got to be it's got to be co-creating value. You've thought well, haven't you, Debbie? We haven't yeah, heard this before. What, yeah, what, but no, the lucky guess. I've never mentioned it for the last ten minutes, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you start thinking about it, we start talking about racy. Mike mm -hmm. takes us into the power interest grid. Yeah, Jonathan dismisses Rasky out of hand. <laughs> um, but then we start talking about collaboration. Jonathan yeah. introduces Agile and Agile teams. Mm -hmm. And then you can see how that consulting, informing, and, and also actually the responsibility and accountability mm -hmm. as well, all contributes towards value co-creation, which takes us right back to where Jonathan started by saying about how it is necessary to really yeah. improve business. Yeah. And isn't that what business analysts do? That's that's what our job is. Yeah. And if we're not offering a service, we're not helping our businesses improve, what is it we're doing? If yeah. we're doing something and, and and these kind of techniques help to shine a light on that and help you to see whether or not you are contributing positively to a team's outcomes, to a business unit, or to a, a business's outcomes overall. And um, yeah, I, I know I said uh, deliver value, Debbie, because I know that you hate that combination of words, but that offer offer value and uh, co-create and that that collaboration. And there's lots of lots of uh, advocates of collaboration and people that talk about it, but they've got no sense whatsoever as to how to achieve collaboration. And, and this is where I think the empowerment comes in, because if you are going to co-create value with a customer, you have to be empowered to maybe go off the script with the customer to do something unique for them, to help them. And, and that, that kind of flexibility and the agility in your decision-making is the opposite of that muddled thinking, I think. But clarity on outcomes is what this technique's about. Uh, but no, that was, that was really interesting because <clears throat> it's how all these things connect together to mm. me that actually, uh, and, and moving it towards what we're trying to actually overall achieve. Um, yeah, and, and I think race is a really key part of that myself, I agree. Yeah, Jonathan, have you got a, a, a good sort of summary statement of, of why race is so important to you? <clears throat> why do you love it so much? Because it, it provides clarity. It can, it can provide a basis for empowerment and collaboration and, and outcome-driven business, outcome-driven change. So I rest my case. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a that's a good point to stop. Really, I mean, you, you've uh, you've won us over. You've convinced us that uh, maybe later we'll do a racing. We might even do it for this and work out what what we're supposed to be doing here. That might okay. Help, it? <laughs> well, thanks for that. It's a good good conversation. I'd like, like to say thanks for thanks to everybody who's joined us today. Um, it's been an, an interesting and perhaps uh, quite amusing session. Um, wandering around the, the world of, of racy. If you have got any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, please drop us an email to babrew at assistkd.com. Thanks again and see you again soon. Bye. Cheers.